Well, greetings in the name of Jesus. This is Bishop Harry Wood coming to you with Foundational Faith again today. And we just want to continue uh, some thoughts on Psalms chapter 119. We want to go and look at verses 9 through 16 today. And we have been calling this Psalms 119 and prayer. Let's look at what the passage of Scripture says. I'm going to be reading out of the King James, but I may make some reference to that of the New American Standard also today with some of the wordage. As we look at verse number 9, if you have your Bible, if not, make a notation and go back and read this uh, passage of Scripture at a time that's convenient to you. In verse number 9, it says, Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, and much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will for, I will not forget thy word. Now, as we look at this passage of Scripture today, I want to remind us that we're looking at this in a consideration of using the 119th Psalm as a prayer, or even we could call a prayer book, if you want to say that, because the uh, psalmist here is giving every indication to the Word of God throughout these passages of Scripture. With that being said, let us consider what's being said in this passage of Scripture with some thoughts today. When I look at this passage of Scripture, and hopefully you do too, uh, you'll see that it opens in verse number 9 with a question. It, it opens with a question. Now, out of the New American Standard, it says, how can a man keep his way pure? Now, I like that in the concept of, in, in comparison to that of the King James. The King James is telling us, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And what I want us to see is that I think it's important, not that it's so much difference, is that it's how does it come about, but how does it continue? with the two terminologies of thought here because I think that's important. How can a man keep his way pure? Well, let's think about that for a moment as we look at this question that has been proposed here by the psalmist. I believe that if we continue with this passage of Scripture, verses 10 through 16, we find our answer. And yes, I do believe that it is made uh, effective or the answer becomes effective through that of the Word of God itself and, yes, prayer. Now, considering that being said, let's look at some of the things that verses 10 through 16 are saying to us that I think that should be considered in answering this question that is proposed by the psalmist. How can a young man keep his way pure. Now, if we're going to keep our way pure, that means that there's been a time that we have come into that of, of salvation. We've come into the work of sanctification, justification, regeneration, 
And these are terms that I know that are important today for us to consider in that of theology. But when we basically say what we just said, let's look at it as coming into that of becoming a new uh, born believer or being newborn or being saved. Okay, now as we progress in our walk with the Lord, we uh, do need to understand that there is a way to keep our purity, to keep our righteousness and, and that. We see here as the psalmist continues and he answers, I believe that we began to see part of the answer. Actually, I said verses 10 through 16, but I believe that we can see it in verse number nine by keeping it according to your word. Now, the psalmist here, he immediately gives identification of how important the word of God is that if we're going to keep our way pure, if we're going to walk a walk of righteousness, that it must be according to not our ways, not our words, not our thoughts, but the Lord's word, your word. Now, as we look at this, there's a lot that can be said here, but for time, we want to kind of just uh, package this together to give you something to think about. You may want to go and study further <laughs> with some thoughts. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> the psalmist is talking about how, in verse number 10, with all my heart, I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Now, this is powerful because actually he's talking about the very being that we are, the very the, the, the who we are, the innerness of us, that that is the very soul of our being. When he's speaking of the heart, we are seeking God with our whole heart. And then as we continue with this, the psalmist here is talking about not wandering from your commandments. I believe that we can understand that there is a prayer that we could consider as we would even pray this psalm, a prayer of stability. Wander not from thy commandments. We continually are acknowledging that the Lord is our substance. He is that that we are actually a part of. We are a part of him. We're in relationship with him. We don't wander. We don't wander from him and we don't stray from his commandments. You know, I don't know why, but this thought crossed my mind. Uh, if you're with your child and the child is young and you're maybe shopping or somewhere and the and you give instruction to the child, now I'm going to step right over here and I'm going to get such and such you stay right here, stay right here at the at the buggy, stay right here. First of all, that child does not in any way come less your child, but if you turn and that child has wandered, what happened? They did not listen to your instruction. And if we're not careful, that's what can happen to us as believers, and that causes the wandering. We stray from what the instruction was. And so I think it's important that the psalmist uh, gives us that, that, that terminology here, that we ought to be praying for stability, that we stay focused on what God's Word said. And uh, even the, and I know I keep going back to uh, the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, but even in that prayer, how that we pray that we be, uh, lead not to be led into temptation, but be delivered from evil. And so 
on a constant basis that we're being reminded of how important the very Word of God is. And then I believe that verse number 11 begins to even strengthen that of the value of the Word of God and how that we take uh, the Word of God and we treasure it. In verse number 11, it says, Your word have I treasured in my heart. And then the psalmist goes on and makes, I believe, what is a profound statement that we must look at, that I may not sin against you. So with that being said, the psalmist is acknowledging the eternal, uh, perpetual, or that that's uh, without end, of the very worth of the Word of God. And with that, we understand how important, what is our treasure, what do we treasure, what is dear to us. And I believe if we sat down for just a moment and pondered what is worth something to us, well, I hope there would be some answers like our family, definitely our relationship with the Lord, the Word of God, uh, and, and we may even bring it into the temporal realm of, of some things that we treasure, and maybe they are worth something, and that's the whole principle and point here, is that something is worth something. It's worth us investing. It's worth us keeping. It's worth us treasuring it and taking care of it and, 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 and receiving from the benefits of it. Now, there's something I've got on my mind, and I don't really need to stray and go there, but I'm going to say this much. I have an heirloom, or I say it's an heirloom, something that was created or built by my grandfather, and I'm, I have his first name, and it's a log cabin, and uh, I wish I could just show you a picture of it. But there again, it's, it's made out of sheet metal, and he used it for like a locker to keep, uh, or a little uh, box to keep, well, it's not little, but, but a box to keep imported papers years ago and I received this when I was eight years of age I treasure it and within it is a treasure itself because there's letters that are now at the time of me doing this uh, podcast that are a hundred years old that were written between my grandmother and him as they were courting before they were married I treasure these things uh, uh, because I know my grandfather made this log cabin. I know he made this chest. I am then the treasure of these letters that are corresponding between them uh, within the year before they got married. Well, anyway, what do we treasure? I believe that we ought to treasure the Word of God so that we can go on and acknowledge what the psalmist said, that his Word would keep us from sin. Your word have I treasured in my heart that I may not sin against thee. The King James says it like this, and I'll read it. It says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Now, let me make a, a statement here that I think is important because the psalmist in, in, in the writings of, of the New American Standard says, I've treasured. Now, when we treasure something, that means sometimes that we look at it in such a way that it's a security, something we're going to secure. We're going to take care of it. But then again, the King James says, I have hid it. Where have we hid it? We have hid it in our heart. And the thing about that, that's the inner part of us. That's where the very Spirit of God can resurrect it 
in the moment that we need it and bring the Word of God alive in us and bring it to attention, that it be beneficial to us and definitely to keep us from wrong, error, and sin, and also to even go to the point of bringing us into uh, that of happiness and that of health and that of our spiritual welfare and even as our soul prospers, that we prosper. I, I believe as our soul prospers and we be in health, as the writer John said in his epistle. Okay, with that being said, let's let's go on and and we and, and let's look at this uh, a little more. Um, God's word. I want us to think about something. This is this is uh, something that I used to have over my bed as a teenager. And reading the Word of God when I was 14 years of age and beginning to study the Word of God and before going into ministry at a young age of 17, I used to have this over my bed. It said, God's Word will keep me from sin or sin will keep me from God's Word. Now you think about that. We have the tendency to have the lack of communication and relationship when there is error or sin or failure or discord. And we can see that in the natural with a spouse. We can see that with children, with co-workers or whatever, if there's issues there. So a proper communication, a proper uh, acknowledging of God's word will keep us from sin. Or if we get to the place that we do not treasure the word of God, we do not acknowledge the word of God, we will not keep the word of God, we, or we won't seek to answer the question of verse number nine, we will find ourselves that sin will keep us from the word of God. My, that's sad, but it's truth to think about. Now, here's something else we need to consider as we look at this passage of scripture, because as we are talking about sin and sin's not pleasant to talk about, um, but we need to realize that the psalmist here is also wanting us to understand um, who we sinned against. Who have we really sinned against when we sin? And sin is really disobedience and not accepting and believing or trusting God's word. And in the, the 11th verse also, the King James says that I might not sin against thee. So if we sin We've sinned against God. We have trespassed. We have disobeyed what his word says. And folks, that can even be in the lack of faith of what God says we can have. Think on that for a moment. Okay, so we need to understand how important it is that we are wanting to bask. We want to be, uh, we want to take the word of God and treasure it. We want to hide it in our hearts we want the Word of God to be resurrected in our hearts by the Spirit of God so that we don't sin against God. Now, I have thought about a couple things as I was making some preparation to, to do uh, this teaching today. I want us to think about the King David for just a moment. Yes, I know the Scripture says that he was a man after God's own heart, but also we need to understand that David was a human, and David also had to answer this question how would he remain clean? He had to treasure the word of God. Now, when I think about this, was it possible that David 
uh, did King David fail to acknowledge the value of God's word when he committed adultery and murder? Did he come in a moment that he allowed the word of God not to be uh, be treasured or of value? Think about that for a moment. Think about that. And then I definitely believe that when we find his confession in Psalms chapter 51, definitely verses uh, 3 and 4, but really the whole chapter would be worth reading. And I want to encourage you to go there and read that chapter, Psalms 51, uh, definitely verses uh, 3 and 4. David must have remembered this valuable truth in his time of confession. And because we find that even in that passage of Scripture, he's talking about the fact that he had sinned against God, as we've already stated earlier. Now, I'm going to look at that passage of Scripture for just a moment. And uh, I, I, want to, I want to take, I want to take uh, notice of it and, and read just a, a couple of verses of it. Psalms 51. Let's look at it. I'm going to read from verse 1 out of the King James. Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy love kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgression. Now, this is a penitent psalm. This is a psalm of confession. This is a psalm that David has to see himself, and we must also, that we need the help and the mercy of God in those moments that we have sinned. David goes on and he acknowledges there's nothing within his own power that he can do except come back and line up with the word of God and allow God to do the work. He says in verse number two, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Now, somebody might make the statement that David had sinned. He had sinned against Uriah, Bathsheba's wife, I mean, Bathsheba's husband. He had really even uh, sinned in, in, in that of the demoralization and taken advantage of being the king of that of Bathsheba. So, but there again, to really have repentance and to have the work of repentance, we need to understand that it goes beyond that of just asking somebody to forgive us, and which is very important that we do ask people to forgive us or we make things, make wrongs right between people. But there again, we need to acknowledge that we have, we have uh, actually transgressed the law or the word of God or the promises of God. And I believe that's important that I said promise because there's promises that we have, that we lack because of unbelief and because of not trusting God. And that is within itself can be sin. It can definitely be not beneficial to us that we don't receive what God wants for us and definitely his best, his best. Well, as we move on, we, we see that also that we need to realize in verse number 12 that and we realize this through uh, other times that we have taught and other things that you yourself have acknowledged from the word of God, that prayer is a time of praise and it's a time of worship. And in verse number 12, let's look at that. Blessed are you, O Lord, the psalmist says, teach me your statutes. Now, I want us to see a couple things here 
as we look at that passage of scripture in Psalms 119 in verse number 12, the King James says it like this, blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Now the word statue there again is dealing with the very fact that we're talking about God's law, God's word. And, and so these different terminologies, as I stated earlier, are used in these uh, passages of scripture. Now going to verse number 12, we need to acknowledge that actually prayer and the psalmist here is talking about how blessed are you. So we're blessing the Lord. We're, we're worshiping the Lord, O Lord. And then he goes on and he says, teach me your statutes. Teach me your statutes. Now, here's what I want us to expound on and to, to uh, focus on and get in our spirit today that actually that in verse 12, we're, we're being reminded of how powerful the word of God is that even the word of God and time of prayer ought to be that of praise and worship. But also it ought to be a prayer of self-examination and intercessory for ourselves. Now we must intercede for ourselves. Not that we don't pray for others; that's important. But we need to spend time with self-examination also, because the psalmist said, "Teach me thy statutes." Now that means that we continue to stay teachable. We can stay teachable. That we want the Word of God to to come alive in us when we open it and we see. Maybe what we've read a hundred times or we've read every year if we're reading the Bible through, but the Spirit of God illuminates it and it comes alive and we receive it. It's, it's engulfed in us. It becomes that that is knowledgeable to us and that we now can act on. Amen. And then we need to realize also in verse number 13, let's look at verse 13 as we move along. The clock don't stop for us, I tell you. In verse number 13, it says these words in the 119th Psalm. With my lips, I have told of all the ordinance of your mouth. Now that's out of the New American. With my lips, I have declared all the judgments of thy mouth. Now I want us to just, just, just focus right in and look exactly what I believe is being said by the psalmist here in verse 13. This is a prayer of confession, but also of exhortation of us witnessing. What am I saying here? Well, as we look at this passage of scripture, again, it says, with my lips, I have told, I have told. And so we're making confession of what God's word says. Folks, as we take the word of God, not just to be some piece of literature, I've said that before, just to be reading it, or it's a story. Listen, I want to tell you, we take the word of God and we let it comes off of our lips and it becomes our confession, what God said. I know I'm I know I'm I know I'm saying this so many times, but folks, we need to realize how important it is to speak God's word, make it our confession. And then as we make it our confession, we see the productivity of it in our lives. It will give us the anointing and the power to speak into other people's lives. And we become to give an exhortation of witness. He says here, with my lips have I told of all the ordinances of your mouth. 
we become a spokesperson to others to speak into their lives. An exhortation of witness. All right, let's move along. The psalmist again rejoices. Let's look at verse number, uh, I believe, number uh, uh, 15. In number uh, 15, excuse me, verse number 16. I'm sorry. We need to look back at verse number 14. I apologize. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Here we go again, talking about the power of worship. The power of worship. We see how important it is for us to look at the fact of the psalmist again uses the word rejoice. We need to spend time rejoicing in our prayer time. We need to spend time acknowledging God and worshiping him, acknowledging who he is in our prayer time. Again, we need to acknowledge what the worth or the value of the Lord's testimonies, which is his word. But I thought about something as I read that passage of scripture. If we're talking about his testimonies, it says, uh, in the way of your testimonies, as much as in all riches. There again, we see the value of what God's word says and folks, when we get the word of God in us, it will bring about a testimony. And the Bible says in Revelation 12, 11, and they overcame him by the word of their testimony. And yes, by the blood of the lamb. But I want you to understand as we, as we confess and acknowledge and speak and testify of what the word of God has done for us, it will bring edification to us. It will bring strength to us. It will bring also, I believe, the possibility of that of evangelism to somebody else speaking into their life, allowing them to become hungry, allowing them to be filled, allowing them to be ministered to, that their needs will be ministered to. That's what God wants. That's what God wants. All right, mama, let's move on. The value of the word, the worth of the word. And then we see how the word remains effective. Now, this is how we're going to close today. And there's so much here that I could just expound upon. But man, the time is just flying by. Let's look at these last little bit of the psalmist here, what he says in verse number 15 and 16, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. Now, that is powerful within itself. These four things that I want to speak about briefly as quick as possible. He says, I will meditate, and it's to meditate upon his precepts or his word. And then he says, I will regard your ways, which brings us back to his word. And then I will delight in your statues, which comes back to how we benefit from his word. And then he makes a proclamation. Don't let me forget your word. That's where we stay focused. That's where the rubber meets the road, folks. Now, let me just expound on this briefly. As we look at these four things, this is how the word of God remains effective in us. And we ought to be praying this, Lord, 
let me meditate upon your word. Lord, let me not just read your word, but let me speak it. Let me utter it. Let me talk it. Let me pray it. Let me declare it. And so all these things right here expound on what we've already talked about. It, we are speaking what God said. We're talking about it. We're praying it back to God. We're, we're telling God what he said about the matter. And we're even declaring it, which can be evangelistic, reaching others, a confession. Then he says to regard. That's where we look at the word of God intensively. We respect it. We come with the word of God with respect. And then we find that we delight. Now, what I thought was interesting with this word delight, there's several Hebrew meanings, and I don't have the time to go into all those, but one just means pleasure, another means enjoyment, another means luxury, uh, and, and we could go on. But this word here, I believe, is so important, the word delight here, because it almost sounds to a negative uh, connotation or thought but we have to understand that the psalmist here is following up with the latter part of this verse, I shall not forget your word. Now, the word delight there is meaning please or to be pleased or to amuse. Now, I want to say something. <laughs> to be pleased is okay. To be amused at something can be okay. But when you go into the thoughts of some of the other terminologies of scriptures, even in the psalmist of 119, it talks about uh, delighting ourselves in a way of enjoyment or, or that of, of luxury and other things that I, that I don't have the time to elaborate on. But saying that, this is telling us that there is more than just receiving pleasure or amuse, which can be in a negative thought and it can give us the understanding, if we're not careful, how we handle God's word, that we come complacent. We don't want to become complacent. We don't want just pleasure or just to be amused. We want not to forget the word of God. And with not forgetting the word of God, the word of God is coming alive in us. We do not forget his word, which means that we are remembering and you know, even in those moments that we may not even think that we can remember, thank God for the Spirit of God. And let's continue to ask the Spirit of God, remind me, put me into remembrance. That's the very Word of God that Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would do. He would put us in remembrance of those things that we need to be placed in remembrance. Mama, I'm going to get off of here today, but we will be coming back and we will be talking some more about Psalms 119 and prayer. God bless you. I hope that you will receive from this teaching today. Share it with somebody else. God bless you. Until the next time. Well, greetings in the name of Jesus. This is Bishop Harry Wood with Foundational Faith. We just come to you today excited, and I hope that you're excited, no matter what's going on in your world or your life right now, because, you know, 
I want us just to reflect on the thought of the Word of God today. No matter where you're at, what you're going through, you may be full of joy today. You may have some despair. You may have some sickness. You may have some affliction. But I want to bring an encouraging word to us today. We've been teaching and ministering from that of the Psalms 119. And I believe today that we just want to come and we just want to expound again about the glorious, uh, gloriousness of the Word of God. I want to open up with verse number 17 today of the 119th Psalm. And this will be our uh, third time together with the 119th Psalm. And we're doing eight verses at a time that deals with the fact that is the uh, Hebrew alphabet, uh, each uh, eight verses. So before we do, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. And let's ask the Lord just to illuminate our minds and our hearts today. Father, we just come today thanking you that we can call upon you through Jesus, your son. We thank you for the word of God that gives us life, that gives us encouragement, that is our help and our hope and our strength today. And Lord, I pray today as we speak the word of God, I pray that it'll be something that will just be encouraging to our foundational faith family. And Lord, I pray today we may be speaking to somebody for the first time that's listening to Foundational Faith Podcast. We're just believing that this is a moment that has been appointed for them to receive something from God today. And we thank you and we ask today for your word to speak to each and every one of us right now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have the opportunity to turn with me today to the 17th verse of Psalms 119, I would encourage you to do so. I'm going to be reading it out of the King James Version. I may re reference to uh, a couple other things today. But we want to look in verse number 17. It says, Deal bountifully with thy servant, that I may live and keep thy word. Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Prince also did sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. As we have been ministering on the fact of the 119th Psalm, we have been dealing with it as Psalm 119, and we're referencing it with prayer. So we've been calling this Psalms 119 and prayer. And with that in mind today, as we've already prayed, I want you to look at this passage of Scripture these eight verses as points of prayer of how the psalmist is speaking in his own behalf. First of all, the psalmist is saying that he desires, he has a desire for God to bountifully deal with him. And today we ought to come with that same approach in God's presence that we are not only asking and seeking, but we're expecting that God is going to bountifully, he's going to be bountifully with us, how he deals with us. 
And as I think about that, I think it's important that we realize the word bountifully is something that gives us a thought of how that we ourselves may not even be worthy of what we're asking the Lord, but He desires to bless us. He desires us as His children to be enriched with His goodness. And today, as I think about the word bountiful, it can mean that of how a person is treated well and how that we are brought into that of being weaned or being matured with that of God. It can be a recompense, which is a reward with a purpose. Maybe something we don't even personally really really, uh, deserve. And then I believe that the psalmist here is saying in this passage of Scripture, verse number 17, that I may live and keep your word. I want to ask today, have you ever gave really thought why you exist or what is a purpose of your life? I know all of us, we have commitments, we we have things, we have family, we have life, we have work, we have employment, we have all kinds of situations we could elaborate. But you know, the older I get, the more that I reflect to, to think about the fact that really God and His Word is what sustains me and sustains you. And I'm so thankful today that we can have a relationship with a Heavenly Father and that Jesus has come in the flesh and He dwelt among us and He brought salvation through the redemption work at the cross and His glorious resurrection. How we can even look, how that we are bountifully blessed through even those things that I just recited the very fact of his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and now that he's praying for us at the right hand of the Father. As we look at verse number 18, it says, Open thou mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. As I look at that, that is a prayer. And today, that ought to be our prayer. And many times before I take the Word of God and read it, or even study it, or even minister it, I make that passage of Scripture, verse 18, a prayer. Lord, I want my inner man, I want my heart, I want my soul, I want the real Harry that has the anointing of the Spirit of God to have the eyes open. And I want to behold, I want to behold wondrous things. I want to behold those things that are are amazing, those things that are wonderful, those things that are beyond even maybe my my acquiring, maybe even understanding, things that are marvelous, things beyond my even imagination of how great that you are to us. The uh, writer of another of the Everyday Bible, which is known as the New Century Version, verse number 19, excuse me, verse number 18 says, open my eyes to see the miracles in your teachings. You know, if we would approach the word of God as a book of miracles, just think about the greatness and the power and the sovereignty of who God is. Just the very fact that he created the world is a miraculous thing to us. It's astonishing. It's wondrous. How did he could take even and create us as his crown creation, man, to be in fellowship with him. And then 
God, even before the foundation of the world, so much loved us that he already had wrapped a gift in his very thoughts. And that gift was Jesus to come to this earth and to spread his arms to express his love for us upon a cross. I'm telling you, the word of God is miraculous today. It still has the power to give us life and to change us in ways that we have not even thought or comprehended. As I continue on here, sometimes we may feel like that we are a stranger. And you know, it's amazing how that we can be in the midst of a crowd, but yet we're alone. How that we can be ourselves, but yet we're we're in the midst of, of people we work with. We're in, in crowds and, and in shopping malls. And, and wherever we go, where there may be uh, several people or hundreds of people, and we could even elaborate more. But sometimes that when we just think about it, how that we ourselves just seem like that we are a stranger in the earth. But you know, every one of us are known to God. He knows you today. He knows you the question is, how well do we know him? Oh, that's a question today to ponder. And the psalmist here says, do not hide your commandments from me or your law from me. And I think that's important today because we ought to be wanting God just to reveal himself constantly, constantly. And you know, I think that it's important as we look at this passage of Scripture to understand that the psalmist goes on and he says, My soul is crushed with longing after your ordinances at all times. Now, the King James says it like this in verse number, in verse number 20, My soul breaketh for the longing that it may or that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. As I think about this, I think we can understand that our approach to God ought to be in a way that we are continuing to seek Him and we understand that He's there for us. I believe we ought to have a heart after God that we're longing. And the psalmist is saying that, that our heart ought to ache with longing. I want to know your judgments at all times. I'm so glad that we can come and we can search the things of God. We can search God's word and we can find the answers of life. We can find answers when we're sick. We can find answers when we're weak. And his word, the very word of God, is that that will bring comfort. It will bring direction with, us, with, with that of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The psalmist goes on and he says, you rebuke the arrogant, the cursed, who wander from your commandments. Also, we can understand from that that there are those today that have no desire to really observe the ordinances of God. But, but the word says here that he has rebuked those. He will rebuke the proud and, and those that err from his commandments. The psalmist goes on to say, Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Verse number 22, Even take away reproach and contempt from me, for I observe your testimonies. 
those things that are contrary, those things that we need to just realize that God will take us from. God is telling us here not to be, not to be insulted, not to, to not don't let me be insulted or hated because we have kept your law, we have kept your word, Lord. Lord, we're not to be we're not to be uh, intimidated because of whatever else may be going on out here in this world. And folks, with everything that goes on in our life sometimes, how easy it is for everything to bombard us. But if we will remember that God has spoken his word, he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. And as I think about that today, there's no reason for us to have reproach. There's no reason for us to be discouraged because we need to continue to stay focused on his testimonies. And even when there has been those that are speaking against us, maybe even society itself is speaking against what God said is the bountifulness that he wants to deal with us. That's how he wants to deal with us. He wants to deal bountifully with us, as we found in the first passage of Scripture. The psalmist here says, he talks about those that may be in rule. It talks about those that may have authority. It may be those that in some aspects seem like that they're more powerful or they have prestige uh, that see it and they speak against us. But you know, our meditation ought to be in his word because, and that's what the psalmist said, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. You know, I'm reminded of David, King David, how many times he sat on the hillsides watching the sheep, taking care of the sheep and in training to become the king in so many words and how he meditated upon the law of God, how he wrote and he sung. And I can only imagine how that he sang songs that even calmed those sheep out there on the hillside. But you know, there was the times later in David's life that he had to continue to meditate upon what he knew the word of God said even when he himself was being persecuted and being being chased by King Saul. And King Saul's desire was to destroy David. And even in the moment that David could have took the opportunity to slay Saul as he lay sleeping, David was reminded from the word of God how that he was not to touch God's anointing. Folks, today, if we will live in that concept of what God says and, and allow the Word of God to bring us comfort, to bring us direction, and also agree with what God said He will do because God will bring about what needs to be because God wants to bring peace to us in the midst of trouble. And it may be that there's nothing, nothing at all that we can do except stand on the Word of God and allow God to operate to keep us where we need to be in the benefits. To be bountiful means we have benefits. And part of that is sound mind. Part of that is peace. Part of that is tranquility. Part of that is rest. Part of that is our well-being. Part of that's health itself. The psalmist said, For I observe your testimonies. Folks, how many times can we reflect back that God was there? when we didn't even know he had showed up. Oh, hallelujah. You know, it's miraculous and wonderful and glorious when God shows up and shows out. But those moments that we look back and all of a sudden just, we see it. 
that God's been there in our midst the whole time and we didn't even recognize that he was there and God showed out and God did what needed to be done to bring peace, to bring direction, to bring us through. Hallelujah. Folks, there may be those that are speaking against us. There may be those that are speaking against what God says. But let's stay meditated. <laughs> Not medicated, but meditated on the Word of God. Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. As I begin to think of a place to possibly close, I want to read that verse again, verse number 24. I'm going to read that out of the King James. It says, Thy testimonies are my delight and my counselors. I read it just a moment ago. And uh, I read it just a moment ago out of the New American Standard. But I'm going to look at it, I believe, out of the um, out of the uh, New Century or the Today Bible or the, day, uh, the uh, Everyday Bible. It says, your rules give me pleasure. They give me good advice. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be times that there's no counsel out here. There's nothing even in good common sense that seems to make sense. But I want to tell you that if we will reflect and remember what the psalmist says here, your testimonies also are my delight. Can we say today that the word of God is our delight? Can we say, as the psalmist says, they are my counselors? I believe it was the book of Proverbs that said that there is safety in the multitude of counselors. Listen, we have the Father, we have the Son, we have the Holy Ghost. And we have that all together as being the mind and the Word of God and the will of God in action. And as the Holy Spirit is here, he's to give comfort. He's to remind us. He's to teach us. And today, I just want to encourage you to realize that this passage of Scripture, even in the closing verse, thy testimonies are my delight. Let's delight in the Word of God. I want to challenge you today, if it's this passage of Scripture, or if it's your daily devotion, or if you don't even read the Word of God and you've come by this podcast and you yourself will just look into the word of God today look at it for the purpose of that of the psalmist saying that it can be our delight I want you to look for something that you could delight in in the word of God and I believe as you do it will transform you and it will begin to take action that you'll find good health. You'll find counsel. You'll find direction. Because the latter part of that verse is telling us, and my counselors, or we could say, they are my counselor. counselors. Your testimonies, Lord, what you have decreed, what you have said, what you have done, what begins to come about as I see these are things that are bountiful. They are for my purpose. They are for that of how you treat me personally well, 
how that you're bringing me to a place of maturity with you, how there is the way that you just even want to reward me with just the graceness that you are and how we can live. And in doing so, we keep your word. Father, I just come today and ask that the word is spoken into our hearts. Lord, we are bountifully blessed today. Lord, if we would just stop and just reflect on what you have done. Lord, not asking for anything this moment, but just reflecting of how that we can just reflect on things that we know that the Word of God has said, and we have seen them. We have seen them. It may have been yesterday. It may have been a few hours ago. It may be right now that we're seeing it manifested. Lord, let us reflect on those things with thanksgiving today. Because, Lord, as we come into Thanksgiving, Lord, we see, we see afresh. We are renewed in the Spirit. And, Lord, we are encouraged. And, Lord, we're even receiving bountifully of your Spirit. Lord, today I pray for that one that may be listening that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior. I just ask you right now, if you're listening, just to say this, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I know that you died for me on the cross. I ask you right now to forgive me of my sin. I trust you as my Savior. I don't understand everything, but I do believe that you died for me and that you rose from the dead. And I do believe that your word said that if I repent of my sin, that you will forgive me. And you said, if I call upon the Lord, if I call upon the name of the Lord, I will be saved. I ask you to forgive me of my sin, and I ask you to save me right now and to bring me into the family of God. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I pray that somebody has prayed that prayer today. I pray some believer has been encouraged today. And today I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to email us and let us know if Foundational Faith is being a blessing to you. You can reach us at Foundational Faith Ministry 2020 at gmail.com, 00 at gmail.com. I hope that this has been a blessing to you. Share this podcast. Encourage others to become a family member of Foundational Faith. May God bless you, and we'll be talking to you soon. You have a wonderful and glorious day. In Jesus' name, amen.